It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. at it again here on a Friday for another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by yours truly Julian Council and we are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and you can also follow us on Spotify and all the other places that you get your podcasts and starting very soon, possibly next week or the week after that, but very soon you'll be able to check out the show on YouTube. So every single day, Monday through Friday, your team every day, your Panthers, the best Carolina Panthers talk. I try to give that to you here on Lockdown Panthers. You'll be able to listen to the show on Apple or Spotify or any of the podcasting platforms, and then you'll be able to watch the show as well coming up on YouTube. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council. So every Friday, like today, you can participate on the Friday Weekly Mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. To do that, you have to at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. But again, make sure to first click that follow button at Julian Council. Let's get into it. Let's go ahead and answer some of these questions that y'all have for me. You have plenty going in this week. So let's go ahead and start off with Nick, who says, how would you feel about keeping McCaffrey and seeing if he can stay healthy? And if not, trading him at the trade deadline and getting draft capital for him. I love him, but he's been hit with an injury bug that he can't seem to shake, and the amount of picks we could get would be a good haul. Also, he said, how would you feel about trading for Jimmy G and drafting Charles Cross at six and drafting a quarterback in his draft and try to develop? All right, well, first off with the McCaffrey thing, so you're asking me, let's see if he can stay healthy, and if he can't, let's trade him at the deadline. What would lead you to believe if Christian McCaffrey gets injured in the first, I guess, what, seven weeks of the season? that a team is willing to give the Carolina Panthers a haul for a running back who has a massive contract and has not been healthy for two and a half years at that point if he has another injury by the trade deadline. Like, that doesn't seem like a winning formula to me. I want to wait and see if he can be healthy this season. Up until the past two years, Christian McCaffrey never had injury issues. Going back to his career back at Stanford and his first three years in the season, in the first three seasons in the league. The last two years, been bad luck. We've been over this. All the injuries that he sustained have been a part of football and that they really weren't all that avoidable outside of the one where he either pulled his groin or whatever it was working back from the shoulder injury back in 2020, the first year here at Matt Rule. It's just bad luck. I don't really see him as being an injury-plagued player, but I understand that there's angst that Chris McCaffrey has not played and you see him always on Instagram and you're wondering, like, what is this guy doing? I want him out on the football field. If he's out on the football field, he's the best running back in the National Football League, and I'm not willing to part ways with that guy, especially when the deal starts next season. It's going to be really hard to offload him with the deal having four more years up there and him not being healthy, even if he 
if he even if he plays a little bit next season and the Panthers think they can get something for him midseason, I don't see that being a winning formula for this team, especially in a do-or-die season for Matt Rule. Um, and then your second question, how do I feel about trading for Jimmy G and drafting Charles Cross at six uh, and then drafting quarterback to develop? Is Sam Darnold still on the roster? Because that's three quarterbacks you're going to have to allocate to keep on the roster if you're not getting rid of Sam Darnold and that $19 million cap hit. Jimmy G, as I've said to y'all before, seems like the most realistic option the Carolina Panthers want to upgrade at quarterback and make the playoffs next year without giving a boatload of picks. And also one of those top players wanting to come here to Carolina. And Jimmy G's already said, I want to go to a place that's like trying to win. And the Panthers absolutely are going to be trying to win. You've already seen that with the staff hires that Matt Rule has made. But Garoppolo does not fix the long-term situation here in Carolina, which makes me believe like it's really a waste of time. And in Cross at six, sure, I'd be down with that. Drafting a developmental quarterback, I don't hate that idea, but I'd rather get the right quarterback instead of drafting a guy and seeing what he looks like in three or four years as maybe the starter or a backup. I don't know. So don't really love that whole plan you got there, Nick, but thanks for the question. Moving on to Dan, who uh, gives us this question all the way from the U.K., and he says, just want your opinion on the draft. I personally think we should trade back and get a couple of the Eagles' first-round picks. I'd even include players to make this happen. I know a lot would depend on free agency, but who would you draft if we could get two first-rounders? I think with the 15th and 16th pick, we could acquire a play, a solid player on the offensive line, and I'd love to take a chance on an exciting quarterback prospect. The fans need something to get excited about. Sorry if that's a bit long-winded. Thank you for reading. Keep pounding and take care. He also said you'll never walk alone. Dan in the UK. You are right, Dan. You'll never walk alone. Um, I don't really hate that. What picks do the Eagles even have? Because I've gotten this question before. Someone saying, hey, should we trade back and see if the Eagles want to trade up? And I've also asked people, what exactly are the Eagles trying to get? Because they have a quarterback right now in Jalen Hurts. And I don't know how they feel about him long-term, but they've already gone out and said that this is our guy next season. If that's your guy next season, then you're probably not going to draft a quarterback. If you're not going to draft a quarterback, could it be offensive line? I know Jason Kelsey, he potentially might retire their center. Brandon Graham, who they paid not too long ago, he was one of the best guards in the NFL. He apparently is going to retire as well. Uh, and there's some questions about Lane Johnson, who's had issues um, being staying healthy the last couple of years. He's their right tackle, so they could certainly look at an offensive lineman. Trying to find it. Okay, Philly, 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 Philly. Scroll, 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 scroll. Philly is 15. Okay, so 15 and 16, which I guess you already you told me what they were, and I just looked at that for no reason. Yeah, if they go back to 15, you can get a quarterback and an offensive lineman. Say they figure things out and for agency and get Teron Armstead or find another left tackle, and they don't figure out quarterback, you could absolutely, at 15, maybe get Malik Willis because he's probably more so a mid-round mid first round pick than he is a top 10 pick you get Malik Willis and then you could draft a Linderbaum from Iowa who I've seen apparently is not a top 10 guy but he's a guy who's kind of right there in that range and Scott Fitter also talked about that's the range where you kind of see that drop off right after that so that's the plan I would absolutely love to see them maybe if, if they want to get a quarterback I don't love any of the quarterbacks here but if they feel like Willis is the answer get him at 15 at 16 get the guy who's going to be snapping the ball to him for potentially the next 10 years so that's my thought there, Dan. Thanks for the question. Uh, Corinne said, hey, Julian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Kyler Murray. Looks like he's wiped his socials with all things Cardinals. Do you think Rule would be interested in him? Thanks, as always, for running a great show. Thank you, Corinne. Um, wow. I love how in 2022, and this is not like a new thing that's just occurred, that when someone, any athlete, 
wipes their social media feed of the team that they play for, it becomes a news story. Kyler Murray got off to a great start this season. The Cardinals got off to a great start. He was looking like an MVP candidate. And then they fell apart, which has become the theme there under Cliff Kingsbury out in the desert. I don't know how much I love Kyler Murray. They think he's solid, but look, the Panthers have really played him well the last two seasons, and they own the Cardinals right now. They absolutely need a quarterback. I'm not convinced that Kyler Murray, while he got the Cardinals to the playoffs, and he's a solid player, I'm not convinced that Kyler Murray is going to be that A1 type of guy. In the NFC right now, you might not need one, but if you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to have a guy who's good enough to go out there and to beat the likes of... Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and all those young guys out in the AFC. Matt Rule should be interested because Kyler Murray's proven that he is a starting quarterback and a franchise player. I'm just cautious on his old deal because he doesn't strike me. Because I've heard rumors like I, the guys who host Locked On Cardinals, like they've kind of been like, yeah, I don't know how much he's actually loving that locker room. So we'll see how that all plays out with Kyler Murray. All right, let me take a quick pause here, then get back to your questions in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council, but you already knew that. With an incredible app, everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up. All that in cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back by using get upside just download the app for free and use promo code touchdown for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank some people who drive a lot are making as much to two to three hundred dollars a year in cash back and there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you can cash out anytime to your bank account paypal or an e-gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app and use promo code touchdown to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN when you use GetUpside. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the Super Bowl is on Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The LA Rams versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow versus Matthew Stafford. Plenty of props, plenty of odds, and obviously the lines right there on that game. So if you want to check that out, go to betonline.net. That remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Football season's almost over. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC, along with the live real-time updates of current games and Maybe Major League Baseball, if we have a season, don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, back here. Let's answer more questions on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. Got William here saying, hey, JC. I love when people call me JC. Don't have a lot of people who call me that. More uh, pe- Most people call me Julian. My friends call me Jules. Um, but JC, I don't get that a lot. So thank you for that, William. Um, but he says, do you think it's feasible that we could trade back a couple of spots, maybe nine or ten, and grab a guy like Linderbaum, if available, and then pick up Corral or perhaps Howell? Love the podcast. Keep up the good work and keep pounding. Thanks, William. Yeah, like I answered earlier with Dan, talking about moving back to 15 or 16, I would be pretty down if they can go back and they can still get it. They want a quarterback and get an offensive lineman in the same kind of situation. Like say that, let's say Quanu from NC State and let's also say Evan Neal and say Cross. Say all those guys are gone by six, which would suck. And looking at who's ahead of the Panthers, I don't know how realistic that is. Like Jacksonville, 
Eh, we'll see what they do. Detroit, Houston, New York, both New Yorks. Like I could see it. It's a possibility, but I think there at least one will be there at six. But they don't love that guy, and they think they can go back. And at nine and ten is Denver. And Denver, if they love one of these quarterbacks, they might be willing to move up. Uh, I don't know what their situation or what their plan is. I'm sure really the plan is in the talk out there um, in the Mile High City is about getting Aaron Rodgers. And then the Jets, they don't need a quarterback, and they already drafted two tack- or, I mean, two uh, offensive linemen in the, in the first round of the last two years. Um, so I don't know if they want to trade back or trade up. They could, but um, I would be cool. I, I told you all, I felt that, Getting a center, I think, is a is a lot harder than I mean, left tackle is a premium position in the NFL and everyone wants one. I just look at the center position. If you have that stability like we had for those years, that decade with Ryan Khalil, that might be just as valuable because he touched the ball every year, every every um every every down, excuse me, and then also just the communication starts there with the center and the quarterback. I would love to see that. And then Corral Howell, I like Matt Corral a lot. I don't know why. I just like him. And then Sam Howell as I've told you, I'm not super convinced on him in the NFL. I think he can be good, right situation. But I just I've seen so many snaps where he's I don't know. I don't know about Sam Howell. It would be great, local kid, Tar Heel. But no, I'm not. I don't love it. Uh, Preston, he says, I was hoping Malik Willis would be someone we could target in a trade down, but that does not seem to be the case. Is the best option to take him at six and try to build the rest through free agency? Start Sam for a year and develop Malik into the franchise quarterback. I understand rules trying to save his job. However, selling selling a developing quarterback may be enough to save his job for a fourth year. Just see what he can do with this hopefully with this hopeful franchise hopefully franchise quarterback. Yeah, if he doesn't win this year, it's it doesn't matter. He's gone. You can always go find some because that's the thing. If you get a young quarterback like Malik Willis, and you have Scott Fitter here, he can sell this organization off of a young quarterback and go find an offensive coach. Cause everyone talks about, they want that young offensive mind. You can go find that next season, this time next year. If Matt rule flounders, even if they draft Malik Willis, so they're going to find someone who can work with him long-term. I think a six, I, I I've never really subscribed to the whole overdraft thing, but a lot of the draft guys and a lot of the evaluators have said that Malik Willis going in the top 10 would be someone reaching. So I don't know if they need to reach for a quarterback at six, especially if they don't fill out some of the other areas of the roster like the offensive line prior to then. But yeah, starting Sam for a year and then developing Malik, people are going to hate that. No one wants to see Sam Darnold play again. As much as y'all, as much as you like the idea of potentially Preston, I know there's people listening to this being like, there's no way I want to watch Sam Darnold play and then not have our rookie quarterback. You want to see the rookie out there. If they draft a rookie, he needs to go ahead and play. It doesn't need to be Sam Darnold because we know Sam Darnold can't do it unless rookies really not that ready. But you cannot tell me that they can't go out there and do any better than Sam Darnold because Sam Darnold has been terrible, been a nightmare since literally the first pass of his career through a pick six, his first career pass with the New York Jets. Okay, moving on to Travis. He says, how do you feel about trading CMC for picks and some O-line help from any takers and signing Roheem Mostert? He's a free agent this year, and him and Hubbard and Abdullah could fill the running back spot well, I think. Also, we keep CMC. Why not use him like Debo Samuel with the 49ers? Yeah, that's that's a funny thing because I've seen this. I think it was Daniel Jeremiah was saying this, and I've, I've seen a lot of other people say this, that um, a lot of teams now are going to look at Debo, Debo Samuel and draft players thinking they can be Debo, which is just not going to work out. Can Christian McCaffrey be him? Maybe. 
but I think y'all really underestimate just how good of a route runner Debo Samuel is, and he has excellent patience in the backfield. I think that's the most impressive thing about him is when Kyle Shanahan uses him out of the running back, just how patient of a runner he is. You don't see that from a lot of these players who that you try to line up. Like if you ask DJ Moore to go back there and, and line up and, play, and do some of the DJ Debo Samuel things, I don't think he's going to be as successful as Debo. And that's not to sit here and say DJ Moore is not good because there's folks who've said he could play running back. But, man, Debo, he's legit, man. He's different. And McCaffrey, he's a good route runner. He's great out of the slot. But the routes that he runs, he runs a lot of choice routes, which means depending on how the linebacker is playing him, like he's playing him on his inside shoulder, McCaffrey's going to run an out route. If he's playing him on his his outside shoulder, he's going to run a route to the inside. So it's really only a two-route concept, and that's not – Yes, he does a great job selling it, but it's not like he's going out there and running a full route tree like Debo Samuel is being asked to do in that Shanahan offense and being a running back. But again, I want McCaffrey here. He's one, he's the best running back in the league when he's healthy. Mostert, fine, but you've seen what the value of those running backs in San Francisco is, and we don't have the same system here in Carolina where it doesn't really matter who the running back is. I still want to give Christian McCaffrey another opportunity here in 2022 and see what he can do, and hopefully, obviously, he can stay healthy. All right, moving on. Kurt, he said, what's done is done, but since you brought it up on Thursday's episode, do you not subscribe to the theory that if the Panthers had a pick to blow on a long snapper, then they had a pick to blow on Trey Smith, regardless of the medicals? Nobody questions rule if Smith doesn't work out at that pick, but there's literally nothing Fletcher can do that won't make Panther fans say anything, but we could have had Trey Smith. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess there is something you do. Uh, Thomas Fletcher could play for the next 15 years here in Carolina. And you never have to worry about the long snapper if he beats out J.J. Jansen. Okay, so I everyone likes to bring up the long snapper and the Trey Smith thing because he was drafted in the sixth round, I think five slots behind Thomas Fletcher. And Fletcher was a luxury pick for the Carolina Panthers who had 11 draft picks, the most that they had since the first draft they ever had. The one that you should be looking at if you're upset about the Panthers not picking Trey Smith is Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown was drafted in the sixth round. Deontay Brown's also a guard who had question marks with his weight and other things where he's in the doghouse at points in time back at Alabama under Nick Saban. That's the pick you should be criticizing, in my opinion, because the Panthers wanted a guard in the sixth round and they chose Deontay Brown and not Trey Smith. I know everyone's so focused, and I, I don't think that necessarily absolves them from from getting Thomas Fletcher. But I just think you're looking at the wrong guy. They looked at the position, and they took Deontay Brown instead of Trey Smith. So maybe talk about, maybe bring that up. But again, I don't think a lot of y'all, unless you, I mean, if you listen to the podcast, I've told you, like I was living in Tennessee at the time, five-star prospect, really good player at the University of Tennessee, had blood clot, had blood clot issues, had to miss a year of football. That is concerning. His health is the only reason he stayed to be a senior at Tennessee. He's a top pick kind of talent, like first round pick kind of talent. But teams were scared off by that. Kansas City, who takes risk, whether you are healthy or you're uh, someone who has a bad legal background, like they take risk. The Panthers decided not to take that risk, but they also decided to take Deontay Brown, who plays the same exact position as Trey Smith, instead of Trey Smith. So bring up Thomas Fletcher all you want, but I also think maybe you should take a look at Deontay Brown and the Panthers' decision to take the guy who plays the same position as Trey Smith. That's just a thought there for you. All right, one final pause, and then I'll answer the rest of your questions here on this episode of Locked on Panthers. 
We're here in the month of February, which is usually the time where most of y'all have pretty much given up on all of your New Year's resolutions. But we're not doing that this year, not in 2022. We're all going to stick to our resolution of eating right. And thanks to Built Bar, we can do that. It almost doesn't really feel like a resolution because it's always enjoyable to actually eat the Built Bars. Have y'all tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out. One of the Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bar and start out with eating these Built Bars. They're better than a typical candy bar, which is anywhere from 2 to 300 calories. You don't want that. Get Built Bars. They're the healthier option. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. For listeners who served in or worked for the United States Marine Corps or have family or friends who might have, I wanted to notify you about an available resource. From 1953 to 1987, personnel assigned to Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune were potentially exposed to contaminated drinking water. The Marine Corps has since partnered with health agencies to conduct scientific studies to assess impacts from these potential exposures, and they are working to keep those Marines, their families, and civilian employees in form of updates and resources available to them. If you or someone you know may have been at Camp Lejeune during those years, please consider registering with the Camp Lejeune historic drinking water notification database you can learn more and register at www.marines.mil slash cl water that's www.marines.mil slash cl water okay let me answer more of your questions here on a friday going to russell who is in north carolina the old north state the best place in the world assuming sam returns and the panthers can't land a name quarterback via trade what are your thoughts on adding Marcus Mariota when healthy, a viable spot start option and can do cam like things in goal line situations when healthy Marcus Mariota is never healthy or Mariota. I should know that I lived in Tennessee. I covered this guy. He's never healthy. He's not in Tennessee anymore because he wasn't healthy and he wasn't better than Tannehill. I like Marcus. I've always loved him since going back to Oregon and then even in his Titans career where he had to deal with, I think his first four seasons, he had three different head coaches and play callers. It was a complete mess in Tennessee until Mike Rabel came there. But John Robinson, the GM, who just got extended with Rabel this week, he saw a situation where they decided they want to trade for Tannehill because they needed to have a quarterback they could rely on potentially if Mariota went down and that's what they did. And Marcus didn't play well, got injured, and they went to Tannehill, helped him get to the AFC title game. Because the year prior, they had an injury to Mariota and had to go out there and play Blaine Gabbert in a spotlight game on Sunday Night Football to try and get to the playoffs, but they lost to Andrew Luck and the Colts. And even when he's with the Raiders, when Gruden was there, they liked him, but he wasn't healthy, and they used him as a gimmick. And I just don't think bringing in Mariota is going to really solve anything like if if they can't get a name quarterback like you asked Russell and I've said this I'm at the point where you play Sam maybe you can get a development quarterback you want to do that but I wouldn't have one of these top talents like the the Willis guy because if you're gonna do that you need to just go ahead and play him but if you want to get a developmental one get him later later on in the draft but um I would feel like yeah if you can't get a name guy you got to go out there with Darnold build the best team around him and then hopefully they can be good enough to where they can overcome all the boneheaded decisions he's going to make throughout a 17-game season. But again, I, I like Marcus Mariota. I watched him against Kansas City a couple years ago, literally win that playoff game by himself. It's just, man, I, it's not, he's not the answer for any organization, unfortunately. 
Alex, he said earlier this week you listed Reddick, Gilmore, and Jackson as guys you'd like to have back. You said two-thirds, uh, two out of three would be great. Would it be possible to keep two out of three and get a left tackle like Armstead with the cap? All these guys play at costly positions. Yeah, it's always possible. He's got to move the money down the road, like New Orleans, where Armstead would be coming from as a free agent. They have, like, what, $74 million above the cap, and that's been an annual problem, and all they're going to do is restructure a couple guys, push that money to next year, find some cap space, and they'll be A-OK, at least in theory. That's what they've been doing in the past. And Scott Fitter has already said, we're going to have to get creative because he knows the $19 million albatross of a cap hit that they have with Sam Darnold, who cannot play in this league, is a problem. And I'm sure it's going to kind of hurt, but they also have the plan of they knew that they're going to have Darnold for the next two seasons, and they knew that they were going to have him at that $18.858 million hit in 2022. So they're prepared. And I believe in Scott Fitter and what he can do. And I believe in Samir Suleiman, the cap guy, and what he can do to try and fix fit him in. Like Jackson, I was looking at this. The Athletic has their top 75 free agents. He actually has Jackson, I believe, ranked ahead of Gilmore and Reddick. He had Gilmore ranked behind the two because he's aging player. He's had injury issues, and I get that. But also when he's healthy, he's really good. But when is he going to be healthy moving forward? Who knows? But Jackson, because he's younger, they were talking about like a, like a $10 million a year deal, which I think is actually pretty fair. But Dante probably wants more than that. But they can get him for that kind of deal. I'm cool with that. And also with Redick, the thought was he would get a similar deal to Matthew Judon. Got with the Patriots this past year, which is about 13 mil per year. You work that in, you give him that signing bonus and all that guaranteed money in that first, second year, and you can move the rest of that money down the, down the road and potentially you can cut him after 2023 if you need to. So, yeah, I think it's possible, absolutely, to get Armstead and then to still be able to sign two of those three guys. And Gilmore, the contract they were talking about he was going to get was not very much either. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. I believe in Scott Fitter and his creativity in that front office to figure out how to fit those guys in. Uh, speaking of Hassan Reddick, Tanner asked, if they don't reach a deal on Hassan before March, is he a franchise tag candidate? He certainly is. I would say all of them are. And I was looking at this, um, Joel Corey, who actually might be someone good to get on a show. He is the cap expert over at CBS. He was laying out the cap hits for this year. So for a corner, the projected cap hit, if franchise tagged, would be $17.2 million. For a linebacker, which is what Reddick would be, would be $18.7 million. That's a lot. And it's a lot. It would be a better situation for the Panthers if they could sign them and then be able to do the signing bonus kind of money. Or if you can sign someone to the to a franchise tag or and then trade them if they don't want to re-up here in Carolina. Now to be able to do that, I think it's a February twenty second until March fifteenth, uh, I think, until the beginning of the new yeah, it's it's yeah. February twenty second is the March eighth. They have fifteen day period when they can do that. I think absolutely both of them are well, at least Reddick is a franchise tag candidate. But they're gonna do that, I would feel like you franchise tag and trade him to get some sort of assets back because they'd be better off trying to give him a contract and pushing a lot of that money down the road and giving him a bigger signing bonus to start off so they don't have to worry about the cap, where $18 million cap hit. Can't really afford to do that with Darnold's money on the books this year and not that much space heading into free agency right now. So Of course, some guys will probably be restructured again. Uh, Josh. Hey, Julian, want to give you a break from the dreaded draft talk. Thank God. Um, I just want to ask about how you're doing today. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. And I want to know which rookie you think can have the biggest jump next year and what you think J.C. Horn will be able to do next year 
enjoy the Super Bowl. I will. Hmm. Okay, starting with J.C. Horn, I felt pretty good about him going into the year, and what I saw from him early on when he was healthy made me feel like he was going to be possibly the defensive rookie of the year had he stayed healthy. I feel the same way about him going into next year where he can be your top corner. Now, you need to have someone like either Dante or Gilmore back there to help him out to add in that secondary along with Bouye if he comes back next year. And then same thing with um, Keith Taylor, who's young and someone that they like. So I, I really feel high on Shai, on, uh, not Shai Smith, J.C. Horn. Uh, but talk about the other rookies. I think it's got to be Christensen, right? You, I, you want me to say Terrace Marshall, I'm sure, because he never emerged this past season. I, I have a lot of concerns about him injury-wise because he has not been healthy the last couple years. Even his last year at LSU wasn't healthy. The year the LSU had that national title winning team, he was not healthy that season. He has not been healthy in like four or five years at this point. And I'm not going to hold my breath and expect him to be healthy. But Christensen, he showed towards that last part of the later part of the season, latter part of the season, even whenever he filled in, that he can play in this league. He can be a starter on the offensive line. Where is he going to start an offensive line? I'm not sure. But he's absolutely the person that I'm looking at because we have a lot of hopes for the O-line to be better next year, and Christensen is a part of those hopes. So I would say he's the one who's going to take that leap of the rookie uh, players from this past year. Um, Andrea or Andrea? Sorry, I, I got one of them right, I'm sure. Um, would you trade CMC? A lot of trade CMC questions. Would you trade CMC for a late first-round pick giving our O-line, need, uh, O-line needed help? And Hubbard showing good promise. Uh, yeah, Hubbard can't catch, man. Yeah. You got you got Abdullah. If Hubbard's back, you got to have Abdullah. I, I, again, I just don't want to give up on McCaffrey just yet. I, I like McCaffrey, best running back in the league when he's healthy. The problem is he has not been healthy the last two years. I think it's all bad luck more so than he is an injury prone player. And finally, Cedric, he says, "How do you feel about Tepper being quiet? And also, what are your favorite spots to eat at the, in the stadium or at at or in the stadium before and after games?" Uh, Tepper, I think he's doing the fan base a disservice by not coming out and letting folks know why Rule came back. He also doesn't really have to do that. I mean, I, he allowed Matt Rule to go out there and hire people, so it's very obvious that Matt Rule is coming back and that he, for whatever reason, believes in him. I would think that would be good PR, especially when you're trying to ask season ticket holders for more money next year and to re-up, and you're doing all these renovations. It would make sense to me, PR-wise, just answer a few questions and say, why Matt Rule is back here and why you have faith in Matt Rule, who you dubbed a program builder two years ago. But he obviously doesn't owe us anything. I just think it's kind of, it's not, I don't want to say cowardly. I just, I don't think it's the right way to go about things as an owner. Uh, okay, but my favorite spots to eat at, in and around the stadium or around the stadium, I don't really go to a lot of games anymore. Like, when I last went to games, it was, like, in 2019. I was media, so we had the press box food, which is actually pretty good. I don't think, like, where is, what's good? I don't feel like there's a lot up there that you can actually get into. I don't know, Cedric, to be honest with you. I don't really have an answer for that uh, at all. Nope. Midnight Diner is kind of near the stadium, so I'll say Midnight Diner. <laughs> so I don't really have an answer for that question. Uh, but thanks for the questions, and thanks for everyone who uh, participated this week on... The weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, next week, if you did not participate and you want to, make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, and then DM me, at Julian Council. 
or you could uh, at me at Julian Council. So please do that so you can participate next week. And also be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, five stars only. And you can also check us out on Spotify in, in the near future. You'll be able to watch this beautiful face every single day. Well, Monday through Friday here on Locked on Panthers on YouTube. So you have to subscribe there very shortly as well. Until then, and until Monday, y'all take care. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. I'm headed to Chapel Hill. Hopefully the heels don't piss me off. They probably will. I'm a hostage at Caleb Love. Goodbye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.